collaboration, you know, it has the potential to create exponentially more value for financial brands, for banks, for credit unions, and even for fintechs than just competition alone. Let's find out how we can do this together on today's episode of Banking on Digital Growth. Greetings and hello, I'm James Robert Lay, and welcome to another episode of the Banking on Digital Growth Podcast. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insight series, and I'm excited to welcome Landon Glenn to the show. Landon is the CEO and founder of ASA, and he's created a collaborative banking movement. It's a new form of open banking in which financial brands can come together at really the center, putting people at the center and the control of their data while facilitating secure connections with technologies that fit people's unique needs. Now this collaborative approach to banking, it uses APIs to connect fintechs to banks and to credit unions through a third party that tokenizes, that normalizes, and really anonymizes all of the customer and member data before it is shared with fintechs. And what this does, it allows financial brands to be the gateway to secure customer-facing, member-facing technology at scale. And today, Landon and I are going to discuss how financial brands can effectively, and more importantly, even realistically, approach strategy through collaborative growth. Welcome to the show, Landon. It is so good to share time with you today, buddy. James, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves talking about this collaborative banking movement, What's good for you right now, personally or professionally? It is always your pick to get started. Oh, boy. I mean, life is good. I think we were chatting before the show about my 11-year-old, 9-year-old, 7-year-old, and 3-year-old, yes. and they're all keeping me on their toes. Absolutely. And and I'm right there with you with 13, 11, 9, and, and 7. You know, you, you think about this. What have you learned just personally being a father of four and being able to apply some of that perspective back into the work that you're doing professionally. Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously you take the things you learned growing up through your life. And I think we have a tendency to want to prevent our children from going through challenges and difficulties and learning. And so I'm very much of the approach of having my kids experience Ad, adversity yes. and experience uh, challenges and have to learn and grow and solve problems. And I think that's one of the things growing up that uh, allowed me to grow was the ability to um, see adversity and figure out paths around it and be able to find a better path forward. And so I want my kids to have that same experience. I appreciate that. And really, it's it, it sounds like you're even taking a collaborative approach, working alongside with them, guiding them, coaching them to allow them to experience the maybe the sting or the pain of failure and adversity. But at the same time, what can you learn? How can you grow through these experiences to come out on the other side even that much better? And that's where I want to dive into this this idea of the, the the collaborative banking movement that you've been thinking about, that you've been talking about. What, what do you mean by this collaborative banking movement? What does this look like? Yeah, that's a, a really great question. And, you know, prior to ASA, I was one of the owners of a fintech called Bonsai, and we did financial literacy software, and we got that in 50% of all schools in the United States. And uh, we 
found a way to connect local financial institutions with the communities mm. and work together in education uh, with a choose your own adventure gamification where everyone could win and everybody could experience. And even prior to that, that stemmed from really a young age. Uh, when I turned 18, my older brother took me under his wing and helped me open my first credit card and wow. build credit. I didn't understand any of it. And so the question is, how can we collaborate and bring technology into the digital lives of every consumer? Because today, I don't know about you, but my financial institution doesn't have fintechs. They don't have a bunch of apps I can use. Yes. Well, I, I guess that's a follow-up. I mean, that's a great perspective into to what this collaborative banking movement is, but I'm with you. I understand where you're coming from. There's a lack of uh, fintech accessibility uh, through financial brands that, that I use. Why, though? Why is now the time ripe for this collaborative banking movement to really, I see the potential for it to transform banking for good, for, for, for the positive and, and really for the long term. But why now? Yeah, I think that financial institutions have been trying to partner with fintech for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, but how do they do it? Yes. Do you do a one to one integration? Do you uh, send your customers over to another solution that may be powered by Bass, which is another option for partnering with fintechs? Mm -hmm. Well, in that option, it becomes a challenge because if I'm sending my customers to an app that has its own cards, accounts, and loans, then they're now opening accounts with a competitor. Yes. <laughs> so it becomes really hard. How does a fintech, how does an, a financial institution, a bank or credit union partner with and actually in good faith send all of their customers to apps when if they go to mint.com or Credit Karma, they're going to get advertisements for right. all kinds of other banks and all kinds of other providers. And so they're basically you know doomed if they try to send their partners to the existing fintech infrastructure sure and you know you you look at the potential for challenges and even conflict here it's almost death by a thousand cuts to a degree but you're you're transforming the perspective that you know what we, we can be better together we can do even better together i'm curious though when working with financial brand leaders and they hear the perspective of quote unquote collaborative banking, how do they respond? And I ask because, you know, if we were having this conversation and it was 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, it's, oh, it's hyper-competitive. That's, you know, we, we, we would never collaborate. Well, here we are a decade later and the narrative is beginning to transform. So what, what are you hearing? What is the response from leaders today when they hear the phrase collaborative banking? Yeah, it's excitement. Uh, they want to find ways to be forefront yeah. in their in their consumers, their customers' digital lives. And right now, those customers, if they want a fintech for some affinity solution, they have to leave mm. the bank or credit union to get that tech. Yes. And so what is, how, how can a financial institution be the gateway to those solutions? And so really what it comes down to is, I, I think open banking, everybody understands it's here. Everybody yep. understands that fintechs are here to stay. And the consumer, I mean, 88% of Americans are using fintech today. Right. And we know that there's demand. The problem is 
how do I get that fintech in a trusted, safe way through my existing bank or credit union? Because right now today, um, there's a lot of friction mm. with what the customer has to go through to get those technology solutions. Well, let's talk about that. Thinking about opportunities here that are opened up through a, a collaborative banking approach. Because when I think about fintech, it's a very interesting model that you have these organizations who are sometimes solving very specific niche problems, but they're doing it in an amazing way. The challenge though they experience is reach scale. And you use the word kind of unlocking. When now with collaboration, you're already being through, particularly with a, a financial brand, or bank or credit union, you're getting access to people who, you know, may they have that problem and, and now we're reducing the friction Practically speaking, what are some of the opportunities here that you're seeing and experiencing through uh, this collaborative banking movement? I think that the opportunities for both sides are, are different, but they're, they fit together perfectly. When you look at a fintech, what's their biggest challenge? Well, it's going to be regulatory and compliance issues around selling banking products and services, and it's going to be customer acquisition. And those are the two hardest things that they have to overcome to go to market. Basically, they have the challenge of not only selling their you know, technology or their app or their tool, but they also have to try and convince the consumer to switch banks. Right. <laughs> so they've got a big challenge. And, and for a startup, that can be a daunting task. Sure. And so you look at how much money does it take for that to happen? How much do they have to raise in fundraising? What is the SOC 2 type 2 cost? What does it cost to understand Reg Z and Truth and Lending and the Patriot Act and yes. loan to deposit ratios and all of these things that they may not understand in, in fair market lending? And um, all these processes um, are things that a startup just doesn't have the expertise to even deal with. And right. that's why you see the regulator stepping in in such a big way mm -hmm. and saying, hey, we're going to start regulating open banking and banking as a service and all of these things. And so that was one of the hottest topics at the um, digital banking conference in Florida last week that yes. everybody was talking about. So that's the fintech side. But then on the financial institution side, it's they need to offer the tools and the apps that meet their customers where they are right. and empower them to live a better life. Yes. And those technology solutions, they don't have the ability to provide them. They're not tech companies. They're not good at building that user experience and uh, building you know, innovative solutions and having tons of apps that are now available. And so it's really a shift in the way that we approach the problem is right. ASA, ASA has built a new path forward, really. Well, I wanna talk about that because, you know, and really pull the curtain back. How are you doing this? How are you bringing financial brands, banks, credit unions together with fintechs to connect, to collaborate, to grow even better together through the work that you're doing? It's finding a way where everyone's needs can be met in a way where everybody can win. And so it's allowing the, the banks to focus on their core competency. So now the financial institution, the credit union, the bank is providing the regulated products and services, the loans, the accounts, um, everything in their local community, the boots on the ground, the ATM networks, the ability to deposit cash, the ability to go in and talk to somebody, all the things that a community institution has, yeah. they provide that side of it. 
And then the fintechs provide really an app store of solutions. And so what it's doing is it's removing the burden of innovation and the cost and risk of innovation from the financial institution. And it's placing it on top of the crowd. So now independent developers can go out and build technology solutions and bring them to market at a speed and a scale that has never before been possible. So that's how that's really how we're structuring it. But the way we actually solve those problems to go to market faster, you know, we have to go a bit deeper to even <laughs> get into that. Well, let's let's do that. Let's 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 go deeper because uh, when you look at this, it is a I say an exponential opportunity. There's a, the, the old African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And what does that look like, practically speaking, to bring this idea of, a, of an app store? Okay, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a member or I'm, a, I'm an account at a community bank. What would that experience look like for me as an end user that makes my life even better financially? Great question. And for a community institution, uh, we have our first almost a dozen credit unions we're rolling out now. And we've now launched the ability for the consumer to own and control their data wow. in a way that is more private and more secure than anything that's been done with open banking before. So the consumer is able to first connect their institution account and sync up the data into a digital wallet. Uh -huh. And we've created something called ASA Auth to do that. And it's the first ever in the industry ability to connect to FinTech without inputting login credentials. Wow. So you just removed a huge barrier when we're talking about friction and frustration. You've just made my life that much easier that I don't have to keep logging into, you know, three or four different accounts or three or four different apps. It's all a unified experience. I want to come back to the internal perspective here from that maybe those on the leadership side. Um, when, when you're talking with them, what are the big roadblocks that you see or that you hear when it comes to financial brands and, and fintech collaborating and co-creating value together through this collaborative banking movement? What, what maybe slows things down just a bit? So in the early stages of building out our partnerships, we are running into different things that a fintech might need and different problems that need to be solved. And so we're having to build the solutions for those problems one by one. Mm. As we build out those solutions for each provider, the ability to bring fintechs to market quicker is going to accelerate significantly because we solved problems for each individual fintech along the way. And now we've got pretty much all of them solved. And sure. so essentially we will have the ability for the consumer to sync up their uh, credit union membership or their bank accounts without sharing usernames and passwords, without having to look anything up, without any data mining, and then to be able to permission that data out to the apps they want to use without disclosing name, email, account number, or any other PII data. And so we've done that by offering, uh, think of it as login with Google or login with Apple. Yes. We've built login with ASA. 
So now every FinTech that you use is gonna have single sign-on through OpenID Connect, where we can authenticate the consumer and connect their accounts without them creating an account for the FinTech, without having to share their information. Um, it streamlines the entire process and makes it significantly faster. I think this opens up so many opportunities once again. And sometimes when you, you have an abundance of opportunity, it can be tremendously overwhelming of what do I do next? Wh where do I start? Um, and in some cases, it's even just helping people to continuously see things different than how they saw things before when we look at the transformation of banking at a macro level. What recommendations, because you've undergone a lot of transformation, particularly thinking about just your own journey here, for financial brand leaders uh, to transform mindsets to help them continuously see things from a different perspective as banking transforms, I would say through this age of AI that we're in right now. Yeah, I think there's a lot to unpack there um, regarding you know transformation and then where AI could even go. On the AI side of things, uh, one of the original, well, he's actually the founder of Anaconda and the creator of NumPy, which is a Python-based number matrix that is basically a precursor to machine learning and AI, their fund just invested in ASA, seeing it as the gateway to open innovation that we mm -hmm. can unlock through financial institutions and bringing tech to market. Um, you know, Additionally, in the transformational mindset, we do have one of the 16 most influential technologists in the world. Uh, the CIO of JP Morgan Chase that oversaw the largest banking consolidation in history uh, is our chairman of the board and is also invested. And so we have regular meetings on how to transform mindset, how to help uh, institutions when it comes to digital. And I think the biggest hurdle that we've been overcoming and seeing is helping them understand that they don't have to have a one size fits all app that they own and control at all times because in the past that has been the experience. And now we're um, working to unlock a world where the user could use other apps, but the actual products and services underpinning and powering that app are all through their local credit union. And so it's a shift in mindset that um, you know not everybody is excited about on day one, but we have many, many practical applications that show that this is where the industry is already headed. You know, this makes me think of a book, uh, it was a collaboration between um, Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach and Dr. Benjamin Hardy, who's an organizational psychologist, and they've been collaborating and writing these books, and one of them is titled Who, Not How. And coming back to the point of, I think the past perspective is, you know, we have to build kind of the quote unquote super app. You're saying no, there's, there's another path forward here, and if you think about transformational initiatives like what we're discussing through collaboration, it's transforming the mind to not think first and foremost when you, you hear a new idea, well, how are we going to do that? Because it, it creates a, a bit of a mental roadblock where looking ahead towards the future, if we develop a habit of thinking who before how, who can I collaborate with or, or who has the capabilities that we need to solve this problem over here. It's just a little bit of a different 
mental model or mental lens to think who before how, because how does become limiting. With that in mind too, continuously thinking about the future being bigger and better and brighter than where we're at right now, I want to get your take on this. Let's leap ahead. And it's three years from now. And it'd be fun to actually play this conversation back three years from today. What are you feeling most hopeful and excited about right now when it comes to just financial services at a whole? Every individual consumer will have the ability, the control, and the empowerment to be able to get technology to live their lives to the fullest. The products and services that have been limited to maybe certain groups uh, or demographics and not available to others are going to be available to all. And the way we're going to do that is by unlocking innovation and 10xing the number of fintech solutions that are currently on the market. So it's going to be a whole different world. The consumer will be able to control their experience. They'll be able to get the help they need when they need it. And they'll have apps and tools to guide them through their journey. You're bringing up a, a perspective I'm very passionate about, which is 10x thinking. Um, I think historically the challenge with us as human beings is we're linear thinkers. Um, we we tend to think on this linear line, and you know we're a little bit better than what we were before. But you mentioned 10x and the idea of exponentiality. How do you, as a leader? navigate the complexities of exponential change because sometimes it can feel and i've been doing a couple of keynotes over the past few weeks and people feel like man it feels like we've just been drinking from a fire hose for the last three three and a half years and i'm like buckle up buttercup because it's just about to get that much faster <laughs> um and it's and i think that that scares some people um but i always look for the good i always look for the positive that we can lean in on and it's that's what that's what gets us through some of these challenging times so how how do you think and navigate exponential change just as a leader yourself yeah i think that unlocking those exponential changes is completely dependent on creating something new yeah. and having a visionary approach and coming up with a new type of platform play. And when you think of the name Asa, it's after Asa Whitney. He was the visionary proponent of the transcontinental railroad that connected the East and the West coast and unlocked the industrial revolution. Yes. And one of the greatest increases in, in quality of human life. And that same vision carries forward today to Asa. And so when we created this, we said, this is something transformational that can change the way we interact with technology. It's a new set of rails. And we have those that have come before us to learn from. Uber set out to disrupt the taxi industry. It was $5 billion in revenue at the time. About three, four years later, Uber did $55 billion in revenue. Right. Why is that? They made it easier, more convenient to get a ride. They helped more people be able to take advantage of uh, taxi service by changing the way it operated. If we look at uh, BlackBerry, they were the global leader in cell phones. They owned the entire market, but they had a closed platform that they owned and controlled. And when Steve Jobs launched the App Store, mm -hmm. within the first 12 months, 75,000 apps were created and a billion downloads. Wow. It unlocked innovation and made Apple 
the most valuable country the world has ever seen. Yes. And there, when you look at these platform plays, it's learning from those before us, understanding how their platforms worked, and also the, the foundations to how a plat platform succeeds and removing the friction, removing the barriers for all participants and finding a true experience that can unlock that exponential growth. And so that's what we had to set out to do in banking, find a model where it truly unlocks that 10x yes. in innovation. Those are some fa fantastic examples from the railroad. Um, and then you've, you know, you're coming out of kind of horse and buggy, and then you introduce the automobile, but right alongside the railroad, I think when we look back historically, what was going up along that was the transformation of communication. Uh, you had telegraph lines, which then became the telephone. Um, and then you saw the exponential increase in telephone adoption in the 1918 flu pandemic, uh, uh, with the laying of copper wire. And, and it's almost the same thing played out hundred years later, except it wasn't telephones, it was video communication. And so when you begin, and, and back to your point, you, you kind of pattern match previous experiences or like for example with the iPhone, previous platforms, what worked well, how can we apply that through our own lens of the world? I wanna get really practical as we start to wrap up here. What can the dear listener do today as a financial brand leader or a FinTech leader to, to, to either A, start, or if they already have, B, continue to move forward and make progress when it comes to this collaborative banking movement that we've been discussing here. Something small, something practical is all, all transformative growth begins with a small, simple step, a small, simple commitment we make right now. The leaders that are looking for digital transformation and that are looking for a path forward um, I think the biggest thing they can do is know that there's people out there fighting for them and making it easy. Um, you know, I think that the biggest challenges are integrating to the core processors and then normalizing and, and anonymizing and handling all of the data properly and then building out the front end open API that can allow for fintechs to consume data. And so what ASA has done is built a consumer controlled wallet that handles identity, consent, the issuance, the verification of credentials, data access, and allows for fintechs to integrate in less than seven days and be live instantly to every end user. So um, for the first 50 financial institutions that partner with ASA, we're waiving the implementation fees and making it free. And so I think what they can do is research the apps that their members want to connect to and can't, research the tools that would make their lives better, come to us and tell us the things they want. Do you want an app for kids when they turn 18 to build credit and get their first credit card and guide them through the whole process with maybe the bumpers, yes. <laughs> like in the bowling alley, so they can't you know, fall in the gutter and make some big mistakes that cost them seven years to dig out of, right. you know, what things we have such great technology out there. We have so much opportunity. It's just creating the rails to bring those solutions to market. And that's what ACE has done for the last four years. And it's finally ready. You know, as you're going through that perspective, I can't help but just think it comes back to humanity and to build upon your idea and do some real-time collaboration here if you're a financial brand, go all in on your account holders, go all in on your members and, and get really good asking really good questions. Listen to what they share with you, but then also learn through some observation as well 
because there's a lot that we can learn from not what just what people say, but also what people do, and then compile those patterns and then come back and continue this conversation that we've started here today, you and I, Landon. On that note, what's the best way for someone to reach out, to say hello, to connect with you and, and keep the discussion going? Uh, LinkedIn, uh, Landon Glenn. Uh, give me a, a follow or an ad and send me a message. That's fantastic. Connect with Landon. Learn with Landon. And then together, collaboratively, we can all grow together. Grow with Landon. Landon, thanks so much for joining me for another episode of Banking on Digital Growth. This has been a lot of fun today. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. And until next time, and as always, be well, do good, be the light.